This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. With Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ollie Dean. I really am rugged with him. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one. But I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be the mechanic. What am I? Why don't you try backing up, give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down, save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball, right? I'm my head, I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm proning. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from the double bogey blue. Good morning. Welcome to the golf show. Right here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. FM. I'm not Brian Katrick. I'm Derek Thomas filling in for Mr. Brian Katrick alongside the illustrious Ali Dean. Ali, how are you this morning? I am well. How are you? I can't complain. Lovely morning. Bit chilly for golf early this morning. Yeah, it's going to get to 60 later on today. Afternoon looks like it's going to be fantastic. I was afraid to get out yesterday morning because of the, the slush and whatnot, but it's turning out to be a lovely weekend. Where's Brian Katrick? Uh, he is establishing permanent residency in the state of Florida, I believe. <laughs> he, he really is, has been in Florida for weeks now at a time, it seems like. A, a very long time, yeah. So uh, he's working the Valspar Championship down in Tampa, and uh, I think he comes home for a couple of days, then he goes back for uh, the World Golf Championship event. I do understand he'll be on the show next week, though. He is, yes. But we understand. So Brian, somewhat available. Uh, but yeah, he's working now. Down, yeah, they're down to the Valspar Championship. Some uh, with a lot to get to there. They're they're putting up numbers down there in Tampa, Ollie. Yeah, the Flyers finally got a reprieve from very tough, uh, challenging conditions the last two weeks. Uh, they seem to be enjoying some uh, some good scoring conditions. Another thing Tampa. we'll we'll touch on. Yeah, we'll recap a long, and I don't want to say weird, but different Players Championship that we uh, that we saw this past weekend that actually stretched into this week with the Monday finish. We'll talk about that. We've got Brian Conley coming on the president of the Georgia section of the PGA, and a good friend of the show. One of the guys I actually know personally. You know you know him well, Ollie, as well. He's a friend of the show. Uh, always has his finger on local Atlanta and Georgia golf. Um, we got some controversy around the players. We'll talk about that. A little uh, drop, a little rules controversy. And when we talk about controversy, controversy, we can't help but talk about Bryson DeChambeau. He'll come up a little bit later. He needs to make up his mind and let us know. Uh, because he made an announcement that he was going to play, but 
Speaking of announcements, Ollie, this weekend golf, uh, we finally had an announcement. That's one of the things you and Brian have been talking about. There's been a lot of uh, conjecture, I guess, over the proposed Super Golf League, the the Live League, however you want, the Saudi League, the Asian Tour, the revamped Asian Tour, whatever you want to call it. For the longest time, we didn't have any announcements. So there was, it was just all happening in the shadows, right? Or we, we hadn't had any official announcements, and I guess this week we finally did? Yes, uh, there was finally a hard announcement. Um, I think this has been the most talked about subject that had absolutely zero substance for the longest amounts of time. Rumors, rumors, rumors. Certainly have substance now, but it's still a confusing announcement. Um, at the end of the day, they announced eight events, um, seven venues. Um, they haven't named their championship venue Um they didn't really name how the, the team structure was going to work. To your point about what do we call this, that wasn't announced either. I don't know, should we just call it the Super Golf League? Is it the Live Golf League? Is it, you know, an ancillary part of the Asian Tour? That wasn't announced. Here's another thing that wasn't announced. If you want to watch it, where do you watch it at? There was no yeah, network announced. TV deals or anything like that? No, I don't know if this is going to be a streaming platform. I don't know if this is going to be on Fox. That's I interesting. absolutely no idea. Um, and the other interesting announcement is we have no idea how large the field will be. We know how large the field will not be. We know we saw it will a max be, number, right? Yes, yeah. we know it will not be 49 players. Okay. Because the they have most maximum you're have of 48. Is, right. But is that, is 20 enough? Always going to be 48? Yeah. Is I mean... Are we going to get Greg Norman teeing it up if we need to fill the field? <laughs> fill this out. Come on. Hey, Greg mean, could still play, I'm sure, right? At 62 years old, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If I didn't say he could compete with John Rahm, but I, he can play. So that's one well, of the you interesting things. can play golf. Yeah, I Are can play golf. You to play? Does anybody want to watch? Will I get any sponsor exemptions? But here's the interesting, and there's a couple, to me, very interesting parts of this. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Tell me your best guess of what the average PGA Tour purse is. And I'll give you a hint. Uh, average, $8 million. You're very close. Just over $9 million. Okay, yeah. Biggest ones, are, like well, last last week at the Players, $20 million, and that's new. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That, that raised by $5 million compared right. to last year. So right. it went from 15 to $20 million. So just, just to give an idea, the most you're ever going to, you know, your typical PGA champion or PGA Tour event, yeah, 20 is about the max that we'll see. Yeah, majors. Um, I think the U.S. Open was twelve and a half million last year. Masters is a little over eleven million, I think. Well done. I can still do both. Um, and uh, the PGA Championships, I think, is around eleven or twelve million as well. Uh, the average purse for these events is going to be twenty-five million dollars. That's almost three times the average for a PGA event. Yes. The other thing that was interesting, if you actually went a little in depth on the announcement um, and you looked at these dates. And the tour events that they compete against, um, they didn't exactly challenge Mike Tyson to a fist fight. I think, well, wasn't that by intention? Because I think Greg Norman and others have said they want the guys to be able to play on this tour, but not make it an exclusive thing. They want to allow players to play on this super LIV league and still be able to play in specifically the the majors. Yeah, well, they were never going to compete against the No, but I, I mean, that I guess, was never going to happen. Yeah, the, the, but they but didn't want to go they up didn't do head is, to head. They're not going up against Bay Hill. They're right. not going up against the Memorial. They are going up this year against the RBC Canadian Open, mm -hmm. the John Deere Classic, and the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. So not exactly the three heavyweights on the PGA Tour, 
Um, and, and I give Greg Norman and his group credit for that. Um, they certainly went after tournaments that, um, and I, I do not mean to disparage them, especially the John Deere. They've done a great job of getting players to the British Open when they play the week before. They've really grown that event. But it's an Iowa market. Um, and now they're going to Pumpkin Ridge out in Oregon. So they're getting the West Coast market. Um, I, I think that was really smart because they're probably not going to be conflicting if they ever do announce a television or a network deal. It's going to be West Coast time as opposed to East Coast or Central time zone. Um, so from a strategic standpoint, the schedule makes a lot of sense if you're Greg Norman, but certainly this is still competition. So when you say, you know, Greg Norman came out and said he didn't want to compete directly and he wanted players to have the opportunity to play both, you can't play in Iowa and Oregon at the same time. So they certainly are going head-to-head with the PGA Tour events. Yeah, and they'll be one of the things I noticed, Ollie, there's a reason the PGA Tour moved up the Tour Championship, et cetera, because they didn't like playing these events basically once football had started. And this this league, and it's going to be an international league, but when they're playing in Bangkok on the first, the first uh, week of October, it's going to be hard to get eye, American eyes on this, especially when we don't know who's playing. We've got a list for the, again, just to recap, for the eight, eight uh, events have been announced, seven of which have a venue attached with them. We know the purse, big purses. We know the format of up to 48 guys on a, on four man teams, up to 12, four man teams. Something interesting. This will be, these will be 54 hole events, three day events, no cut. Shotgun starts, which is a little bit different. And Greg Norman said, oh, you know, they've, they've done the research and they think this is all fan-friendly stuff, and I, I wouldn't disagree with the, the shorter, uh, shorter week of play. Shotgun start makes, a, makes a, a, a friendlier viewing window for me at home. But the biggest thing, Ollie, as we've said, beautiful golf courses, big purses. We know the format. Who's going to play in these events? Yeah. Um, and I, that, and when I say that, that's not rhetorically saying nobody's going to play in these events. I'm very w- literally asking who will play in these events because we do not know. We, we got a pretty good idea. We have couple. an idea of some. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Phil's going to be teamed okay. up in these events. Sure. Um, so let's just, I mean, because he burnt the bridge with the PGA Tour while he held a fire extinguisher. Scorched earth. Man. So he, he could have easily <laughs> put out the fire and he just sat there with the fire extinguisher and watched it burn. Um, Some other names. All the uh, seems like international guys. As well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lee Westwood Scott, went as right. far as to say that he did. He had a, a non-disclosure agreement in place, so he couldn't talk about it. So you certainly think he's on the top of the list. Um, you know, we haven't teased the Ryder Cup coming up, but Henrik Stenson was listed as a captain of the upcoming team. And I, I think there's something to that. I think that he is probably not going now um, simply because he was one of the guys that was rumored earlier. He was rumored earlier, but you got to feel like if he's going to captain the Ryder Cup team and they're going to invest in that and it's still unsure of player eligibility, you know, the PGA of America came out and said, if you're not a PGA tour member, you, you can't be on the Ryder Cup. Certainly that would count as coaching as well. And the European tour seemed to follow suit. So that kind of leads you to believe that maybe Henrik Stenson fell off that list. Um, yeah, Bryson DeChambeau is the biggest name that, that we're kind of waiting for. And, and not that he has a bigger name than Phil Mickelson, but he's certainly more relevant and competitive week in and week out than, than Phil is. Um, Still number 12 in the world. 
Bryson is, I mean. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Phil's, yeah, not Phil. Phil's 12 in the world. Phil, what kind of list ago. are we looking at? A few years ago, he was up there. <laughs> um, so everybody's kind of waiting to see where Bryson goes, I think. Uh, but you talked about the 54-hole format shotgun start. I think there's another angle to that as mm-hmm. well. Um, most people don't realize most of the sports that you watch on TV, and let's exclude NBA and PGA Tour and, and NASCAR and the other big sports, but most of the other ancillary sports that you watch, they're buying TV. Um, they're not getting paid to broadcast that. They're buying the block of time. So if you're starting a new entity and you're not really sure how many partners you're going to have, there's obviously going to be some hesitancy from a commercial standpoint for people to get behind a league that's sponsored by Saudi Arabia. I mean, I don't want to get into politics on this show, but I mean, I think they had a mass execution this week of 81 people. Um, So certainly their human rights are something that companies are going to be thoughtful about whether they support it. If you're going to buy your TV, it's like a lot easier to buy a 54-hole shotgun start. Um, you think about that window that you're buying compared to, you know, the full broadcast. Um, I don't buy, personally, the 54 holes is going to be better for viewers. I think if you think about the, the Players' Championship, you know, that drama coming down the end where, you know, Cameron hits his layup shot in the water. Meanwhile, Lahiri is birding 17 behind, and then he's got a chance to play 18. That's interesting. Yeah. If all of that played out, you know, at the same time, we would all know already what happened. That yeah. drama wouldn't build towards the end. So, so yeah, so it's it's interesting who the players will be. I don't think you're going to find out any players until after Augusta. Um, you know, the first events in June, I think out of deference to Augusta and not wanting to get caught up in player suspensions and other things, I think most of these players that are thinking about going that have any chance to play at Augusta national are going to wait to announce that. So I think it's going to be a little while before we find out who the up to 48 players is. And the real question after is as Monaghan, Jay Monaghan and the commissioner of PGA and those have insinuated, they haven't directly said it, it sounds like, but they've insinuated that if a tour player decides to go and sort of defect and play in these events of the Super Golf League, um, that they'll receive a lifetime ban from the PGA, from the PGA Tour. Now, again, that hasn't happened. Uh, the multi-layer question here, Ollie, will that happen? Secondly, how will the majors react? Because I think that's a big part of this. Um, and are we destined for lawsuits? Is, is a player going to defect and then... Everything will hit the fan. Uh, I think there's, I think those are great questions. Um, I think the, a lot of those are going to be unanswered for a little while. But let's let's take them one by one. Um, Jay Monahan certainly has expressed to the players that they can't play on both tours, mm-hmm. uh, that you can't play on a competing tour. Now, lifetime ban has been bandied about, but I've never seen but anything. But he didn't say that. I've never seen anything that said that he did. Now, there's been reports that he's alluded to or said that. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Right. I, I think from a legal standpoint, the PGA Tour would probably not voice a lifetime ban for anyone, but they certainly would suspend them. And, and I believe they're certainly within their rights to suspend them. Uh, based on the bylaws of the the PGA Tour kind of constitution, um, but I think if you go to lifetime ban, then you are opening yourself up to to legal disputes and difficulties. Um, so we'll see where that plays out. I, I certainly think that there have been strong messages delivered that look, this is your product, this is your tour, and if you go support something that's going to try and you know 
cannibalize the world of golf and diminish your tour to support somebody else's, there's going to be consequences, and I think that's fair. Um, and I think even Greg Norman in his last interview kind of softened on that and said, you know, we're not telling people that they have to choose one. We don't want the tour to do that. We want to sit down with the tour and try and figure out how to make this work. Because that's really the, the PGA Tours argument is we're not telling you that you can't go play somewhere else. We're telling you that if you do, you can't play here. Um, and, you know, the Tours kind of do everything they can to protect its product. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. Now, here's, here's the interesting thing. Before the show, we talked about, you know, Major League Baseball free agency. We talked about... You know, Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield getting his feelings hurt. And if Deshaun Watson's worth this much money, then what quarterback's worth that much money? That's going to be the long-term challenge for the tour. When you're throwing $25 million at an event, and let's say that Lee Westwood and, and Phil Mickelson are their premier players. And you see Lee Westwood, who probably couldn't win on the PGA Tour, at least consistently, kind of win a lot of events because they're 37-person field because mm-hmm. that's less than 48. He's walking home with $7 million for winning that event, and you're only walking home with three if you win the Players' Championship. You might you might think about going over there. Money talks. It does. There's no doubt about it. It's funny you said about the, yeah, was there something to, this wasn't the best time for them to announce this, and I wonder, because it didn't get a lot of eyes and ears on it. They announced it Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. In the middle of what you were talking about, Deshaun Watson getting ready to move around here, we're talking about Freddie Freeman moving on to the Dodgers and the, the Braves getting ready. Baseball's ramping up. NFL free agency's going. There are baseball trades going everywhere. The, uh, the NCAA uh, basketball tournament is getting underway. Was this just poorly timed or was it intentional? Or was this, was this a news dump? Because this feels like it's just the beginning of all of this and obviously it is because this is the announcement well i think it was more timing driven if you're going to have your first event in june you better announce something pretty quickly uh the other thing is and and brian and i talked about this greg had to turn the lights on for this league you know there was so much conversation and discussion and it kind of you know sides being picked without him really turning the lights on and saying we've really got something and here's what it looks like he had to if he didn't make this announcement at this time frame they're waiting another year yeah you're looking at 2023 and uh you know i don't think obviously the saudis have invested heavily they've got a c-suite of executives ron cross greg norman others so they had to do something so it may not have been the best timing but the worst timing would have been not making an announcement at all well there's a lot to unpack here this as we said this is just the beginning of the story we'll watch this develop uh as they prepare to begin their league uh, beginning of beginning of June, June 9th, out in London, the RBC are uh, competing against the RBC uh, Canadian Open on the PGA Tour. Uh, again, we'll we'll stay on top of it. We'll see who, if an, if any announcements are made, how the players decide to react to it. A uh, lot to unpack. We'll keep an eye on it. But a lot more to come here on the golf show as well. We still need to talk about the extended players. The uh, the dramatic finish, some controversy in that as well. Uh, we got to talk about Brian, or excuse me, Bryson DeChambeau, Willie or won't he in the match play? But coming up next, president of the Georgia section of the PGA, good friend of the show, Brian Conley joins us to talk about some local golf. We'll we'll talk about. I'm sure we'll touch on the Super Golf League with him as well. Um, plenty to get to. 
Stay with us here on The Golf Show on The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Before you hit the links, start your morning with The Golf Show. Now back to Brian Katrick and Ali Dean on Atlanta's Golf Station, The Fan. Welcome back to The Golf Show on The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. In for Brian Katrick, I am Derek Thomas alongside Ali Dean. Uh, we lots to get to, Ollie, but right now let's bring on our very special guest, the uh, president, the Georgia section of the PGA and good friend of the show. Hold on, give me pressing buttons and zooming stuff over here. Good friend of the show, local golf celebrity, Mr. Brian Conley. How are you, Brian? Good morning. I'm well. How are y'all? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. Now, Brian, you and I haven't talked since our beloved alma mater won a national championship congratulations and go dogs thank you very much yes they did it, it's it's still kind of surreal and we get to enjoy it for at least the next several months until we kick off the season again exactly now um as derek introduced you president of the georgia pga section but you got some changes coming up what's going on brian <laughs> well apparently this is the uh, the mo with the georgia section uh pga uh, when you ascend to the seat of president, um, you've, uh, you're offered another position somewhere. Um, so uh, before I even got the chance to finish completely, I guess, um, Brandon Stooksbury's final year of his term as president, uh, some things happened early on this year and um, accepted a position out of state uh, here recently that we'll be uh, moving to in um, next month in April. So, um, we have actually a board meeting today, so our, our normal spring board meeting this afternoon uh, for our board of directors, and then uh, our spring meeting tomorrow where the details and the timeline of everything will be announced. Um, and then, yeah, things will kind of progress into Mr. Kerry Brown's um, presidency in April and all things being uh, in a good position, and, and Kerry will, will definitely lead and continue the trajectory of the section in a uh, in a, in a very upward fashion with everything we got going on. Yeah, Kerry Brown, um, friend of the show as well. He's out of South Georgia, correct? Yep, he is the uh, uh, general manager at Valdosta Country Club. There you go. Actually, a good friend of mine is playing in the member guest down there this weekend. Yeah, uh, we've heard about the member guest down there. Kerry's, uh, <laughs> Kerry's doing double duty. He's Finishing that up yesterday, finished it up yesterday, and then be fly, uh, flying, driving up here for the meeting today. So now, I, you know, you, you can't believe everything you see on social media. But my friend's post, I believe there was a live band that played, and near and dear to our hearts, I believe it was the Kinch Funi Cowboys, Brian. I hear they're still touring, and if anybody could get them down there playing live, it would be Carrie Brown. Now you said you've, you're moving to an out of state location. Um, it sounded very secretive. Can you tell us where you're going? <laughs> yes. Um, basically I didn't know if you were doing, in witness protection. I didn't know what was going on. I, was, I didn't want to dig too deep, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, it is not secretive, but it's definitely um, in the very early stages or not, um, of a, not open yet. Um, it's a project very similar to the Bobby Jones Golf Course uh, that we just did in Atlanta. It's in the uh, city of West Palm Beach, Florida, um, a group of very active golfers in that community very affluent golfers in that community um got together and uh created a trust and raised the capital needed to um uh, rejuvenate what had been a, a closed and and 
pretty disrepair um, public golf course at the city owned. I think it was the West Palm Country Club was the, was the name of it, right there in the southwest corner of the city limits. I think it closed in 2018. So this group, similar to what happened in downtown Atlanta, um, has have leased the golf course, the property from the city of West Palm, and have put up a, a product that's going to um, – definitely grow the game of golf in, in, in the public perspective in, in Southeast Florida. Um, 18 hole Gil hands design golf course, nine hole par three course, similar to the cradle that he did in, in uh, Pinehurst um, double ended lit driving range. The par three course is actually lit as well. Um, a putting course, 60,000 square foot putting course. Um, so Ollie, this, this is sounding familiar. It, it, it very much is. Um, and it also will be the home of the South Florida section of the PGA. Their headquarters, uh, that building is coming out of the ground right now. Actually, I think it's got a roof on it finally. Um, but all this is still uh, being built, and I'll be heading up a, a team of one at the moment, uh, along with our agronomy team. So we're hoping to be open for business and play uh, going into November, December of later on this year. Well, now I understand why you were so secretive. You didn't want everybody in Georgia, as I woke up to 40-degree weather, being jealous that you were going to be down in West Palm Beach for the next extent of your career. I definitely don't have to worry about 40-degree weather anymore. I've been warned about heat, but apparently people don't realize that Georgia's pretty hot, too. Um, I am happy to trade a month or two of, uh, of heat and humidity for not having to worry about frost delays, covering greens, and um, 45 degrees round of golf. No, that sounds good. Now you're still going to be part of Bobby Jones' links of this new project, correct? No, this is um, this is a total independent. Um, the West Palm Golf Park Trust is the uh, entity that will be the uh, the owners, um, and I will be an employee of the trust. So this there's not a uh, management company uh, involved with this, and so I had to say goodbye to our friends and and at Bobby Jones' links and and. Um, Love those guys and what they did, giving me the opportunity down in Atlanta, definitely opened this door. Um, that company and that, that group is growing uh, tremendously right now with the, with the courses that are coming on online with, um, with their folio, and uh, they got some exciting things uh, in the pipelines as well. Very good. Now, golf is obviously kind of the rounds play exploded during, you know, the COVID pandemic. People were able to get outside. Golf obviously lended itself to to social distancing. Do you see a lot of projects out there, like what's going on in West Palm Beach, that kind of mirror what happened at Bobby Jones, that that people are growing the game, but in kind of a unique and, and different way than it grew in the last 20 years? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Bobby Jones was always uh, kind of a model. Uh, a template, so to speak. Uh, there are similarities and parallels with the West Palm project, which will also be kind of a model. Um, there's not a one size fits all, as we know. However, there are some commonalities as far as the the, the relationship between the municipalities and the and the trusts or the foundations. Um, the common goal is is when you when you're trying to grow the game, if it's not for profit, if you have a, an entity and a relationship between a municipality and a and, uh, and a foundation, and it's not for profitable gain as an independent investor, then some good things can happen. Um, we saw it in Atlanta. We're going to see it down there in West Palm, and I definitely think you're going to see it elsewhere. So um, anything that we can do 
to help and to bring this concept into other areas, um, big or large cities, uh, and, and, and even in, um, in the middle of the country in a, in a small town, um, wherever it can work. It's definitely something I think is you're going to see more of. It will be less risk to take after someone sees that, hey, this actually does work the same way that, you know, we showed it works in Atlanta. Now, we were talked about before you came on the air, you know, Greg Norman, Super Duper Golf, LIV <laughs> Golf League. And, yep. and we like to break news here first. Um, he did okay. not announce the venue for the final team championship um, October 28th. Is it true that it's heading to your new facility in West Palm Beach? Can you share that with us? <laughs> uh, I, I will not share that with you. I've been waiting for Vince McMahon to get involved in this project, and then I'll pay a little bit more uh, close attention to it. <laughs> Are you saying there's more pomp and circumstance than substance still, Brian? Potentially. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, we're so excited for your new opportunity. We obviously selfishly hate seeing you leave the Atlanta market um, from your stops at Lanier Golf Club to Bobby Jones. You've certainly impacted the game in an incredible way in our in our area. Uh, we know you're going to have incredible success down at West Palm. We wish you nothing but the best. But, but Brian, I'm sorry to see you go. And I think, you know, you still got like $20 from bets of the UGA course that I still need to get back. Well, you definitely have an open invite. Um, I think that putting course down there um, and that we can keep it lit longer. Um, I think we'll we'll have a continuation of that game and, a, and you have a standing game down there whenever you want to come down. It's a real easy flight. Uh, Palm Beach Airport is, is absolutely brilliant. Um, you can get in and out of there in minutes, and the golf course is literally only a few miles away. Well, we might just take you up on that invitation when we keep waking up to forty degree weather here. So, be it careful what enticing. you be careful what you offer. <laughs> no, absolutely, that's what it's down there for. Well, Brian, we consider you a friend of the show. I personally consider you a friend. Best of luck. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ollie. Appreciate you, Brian. That's Brian Conley, the president of the senior or of the Georgia Direct uh, Georgia section. Of the PGA. It's a mouthful, Ollie. It's tough. Let's, he's only going to be president for one more day, yeah, so it doesn't really matter. It's a, now, he's a, now he's a West Palm Beach living it up, man. That that sounds really good. But, but I, I can't believe he wouldn't confirm that that's where the, the championship venue is going to be. For the I had LIV. the breaking news sounder ready to oh. go. I was ready. But instead, let's get to who's driving. And now it's time for who's driving. Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. All right, Ollie, what do you got here for who's driving? Bryson DeChambeau. He's always driving. You know who he's driving right now? He's driving tournament directors crazy with his entering and then not showing up. How many weeks in a row have we had this happen now? Uh, well, it started with Bay Hill. He was going to defend at Bay Hill and right. then the players. And now uh, I don't know if he entered Valspar, but he has entered the match play. Uh, we'll see if he shows up. So this all started as his wrist began to act up on him. And then where did the fall come in? Uh, well, the fall was the wrist. Right. That's, um, what, that's what started the wrist. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. There was there was the fall and and the wrist. Um, and I mean, we, I mean, Bryson fell literally just fell and apparently hurt his wrist. That's what that's what we heard. Yeah, that's what we heard. That's what we heard. Um, that's what he said. But we also did hear that there was scuttlebutt that he said around that same time that he was done with the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. That he was moving on to the Saudi Arabian League, the Super Duper 
LIV Golf League. They offered him a contract for well, hundred and or, uh, reportedly, reportedly, I should say, for one hundred and thirty-five million dollars. Yeah. Um, he coyly said that number is not right. Um, so they obviously offered him something, and uh, it was probably pretty close to that. Um, but yeah, the the rumors out of the locker room was he said he was done. Uh, the Saudi international, I believe, is the last event he played because he started that event and then withdrew. So we'll see if he plays in the match play tournament director. Certainly hope that he's there. You certainly want to be able to promote the product that's going to be uh, out there competing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the WGC coming up next week. Yeah, next week. The field of uh, 64 is pretty much set. And they will have a field of 64. It's not a maximum of 64. It's right. actually 64 players will compete. 64 works out better with the with the tournament than the 48. Yes, it does. 64, <laughs> much like our uh, NCAA yeah, is your bracket busted yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, with how much I pay attention to college basketball, it was it was busted when I hit submit on the uh, on the computer on the website. Yeah, I actually sat down and watched a couple of games this weekend, and then realized those were the first two college basketball games that I have watched <laughs> all year. You're not alone. I watch a little bit of college basketball, not much. I've unfortunately, as a, as a Georgia fan or Georgia alum, I spent way too much time watching Georgia basketball this this year. Big that news was, out of Athens. We've got some changes to the basketball program coming up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, well, changes needed to to, uh, you think? to be made. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Uh, now, you grew up in Atlanta, right? I did, yeah. Uh, Snellville, yeah, outside of Atlanta. Now, we got a big event just south of the city. Going to start at 3 o'clock today. The Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Boogity, Our friends boogity, down there. Boogity. You'll have to fill me in on most of that. Now, have you ever been to a NASCAR race? I have, I, and just just Atlanta Motor Speedway. I've been to, I, was it the Folds of Honor Quick Trip, what, seven years ago or something when I went? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, I'm not a huge racing fan, but I, I appreciate the sport. But I've been, yes, I've been to the... Uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway one time down there, and um, there was a lot of alcohol, I remember. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of alcohol. That was one um, of the main things I remember. I used to work for, among other tracks, Talladega, and the infield at <laughs> Talladega, the infield at Talladega is an experience unto itself, my friend. <laughs> but in all seriousness, 3 o'clock today, um, if you got nothing to do, you can't get a tea time, head down, support our friends at Atlanta Motor Speedway, watch some NASCAR racing. That sounds good to me. I might, I'll check it out. I'll be on, what's that? Those are usually on Fox, right? I guess. No! And you will get some coverage here on our family of stations here as well. So here. There's, there's a reason behind my madness. There, there, there you go. Come on. Over there on uh, Extra 106.3, I believe, you will hear the, the Quick Trip Folds of Honor. Uh, Folds of Honor, Quick Trip 500. Am I right? Folds of Honor, Quick Trip 500. Good. good. The way when BK rattles off the name of like a car, the the Ralph Racing 89 Toyota Camry sponsored by Mountain Dew or whatever. He wishes it was sponsored by Mountain <laughs> like, Dew. Every, everything would be sponsored by uh, Mountain Dew if you're a BK. Yeah, see, when I was a kid, my dad was a drag racer, so we'd race all around the country. Drag racer. And I would love to go to markets for events because any local radio station, you'd always hear the Sunday race day. Just Rockingham us. International Dragway. Ollie Dean, this wheel standing 57 Chevy <laughs> wagon. Come see us race day. Well, we're looking forward to that. Ollie, we still got a lot to get to. So real fast, let's let's talk about this player's championship from last week. Sure. What do you want to talk about? Uh, the fact that it ended on Monday. The fact that uh, no, they were lucky to end on. Monday. Yes, too. exactly. It ended late on Monday. Uh, the fact that Cameron Smith is emerging as one of the, I want to say, bright young golfers. He's not that young anymore. He's still pretty young. 20, what, 27 probably? Yeah, I mean, that's still young. I mean, it's still relatively young. 
Young um, to me. So good. Yeah, right. Yeah, young to me too. But um, Cameron's a Smith's a guy, you know, we've had our eyes on, or at least I personally have had my eye on for, for a while. And uh, to see him come out and, and win a big tournament, and man, does he putt the ball. Yeah, certainly, certainly too early to probably call favorites coming up for our beloved Augusta National. I was already ready for that one. Um, but the way he puts the ball and the way that he struck the ball, you got to put him on the short list of people that could play pretty well on the hollowed grounds. Because we've Augusta already National. seen him. We've already seen him play pretty well. Yes, at Augusta, he was. I, I did a little write up for the last Masters, and he was one of my long shots at like forty to one. I was like. I'm throwing down on this. I don't think, you know, long shot. Didn't really expect him to win, but I felt like his odds were out of place because he can get around a golf course, and when he's rolling it in the way he was this weekend, he can be tough to beat. Well, he's a fearless golfer. He's not afraid to go low, and obviously when he won the uh, Century Tournament of Champions, he went incredibly low, set all kinds of records for scoring down there. And then to step on 17 with, I believe he had a two-shot lead at the time. And granted, he knows Lahiri's behind him on a reachable par five. But that aggressive shot he had at 17 was, I mean, hit like four feet to the right, right of, of the, the pin. pin. Yes. Yeah. For those that were watching. I believe he pushed that. I don't think. Exactly. So that was the funny thing. He, he played it off so cool. We imagine he's, you know, he's got what a two or three shot lead at that point. I believe it was two at that and point. And all it, but, but the point is, all you got to do is get on the green. Get on the green. Don't get you a five right here. Par three, 17. Put it on the green, two putt, go to 18. And then pretty much you, you've got the, that little leeway to get your bogey on 18, which is another, or uh, yeah, which is, I said seven, I should have said 17, the par three. So, but anyways, Cameron, he actually finished it. And let's give a little shout out to Anubhan Lahiri. Oh, yeah. That was, that was exciting to watch. He's, well, he's the other one that stuffed it on 17 as well. So right behind Cameron Smith in the group behind, you know, you think the tournament's over, and then Lahiri goes ahead and, you know, hits it right of the flag, and Birdie's 17 as well. And then, you know, I thought Cameron showed a ton of guts. I mean, obviously, if you haven't played the 18th hole at, you know, the players, you've probably seen it on TV, but water all the way down the left side. And you can't just blow it right because you're going to have tree trouble. But obviously, that's better than trying to make par from the bottom of a lake. So Cameron did exactly that. He hit it way right, and punched out and the ball just never stopped rolling and ended up rolling in the water. So now he's got to get up and down from you know 80 or 90 yards, I think it was, to make bogey and does. And uh Lahiri had a chance the to guts jump in on the, after Burry. he took that drop, the guts oh. to stick it on 18. Yes, yeah, basically like a foot. Win him the tournament. Yeah. But Lahiri, you know, hit a great drive, piped it down the middle. That's a tough driving hole and uh you know, then came up a little bit short with his approach and uh and the chip looked good for, well, about half the chip, and then you knew Cameron had won the it tournament. Didn't quite run out like he, like he wanted it to. Yeah. Good but, to see him, though. We saw, we saw Hideki Matsuyama win the Masters. We saw Anubhan Lahiri competing at the Players' Championship. So Anubhan Lahiri from India, by the way. Hideki Matsuyama from Japan. Two just gigantic markets. And potentially helping to... to to see the game grow. I'm gonna, these are these are guys that they might want to. Audubon Lahiri might be a guy that you'd want on the Super Golf League, right? Because he's not likely ever going to win a, win a major. Is he even a big enough name? Anyway, I don't want to get back on the Super Golf League, but I just, because when I think about these these international guys, it seems more likely that we're going to have international guys as opposed to a bunch of Americans on that tour. Uh, yeah, I think for a couple of reasons. Can I call oh. it a tour? Yeah. Oh. Called the Super Duper LIV and Super League. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of eight events. They don't really have a name yet. 
We don't really have a tour. Anyways, back to your question, which, <laughs> I think is, which I think is a really good question. I think it's more attractive for international players to be a part of this. Obviously, Adam Scott shared that, that he was very interested in where this was going to go. If you live in Australia and you're trying to play the PGA Tour, that's a lot of miles. Like a guy like Cameron Smith, who didn't see his family for two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk about Didn't mean to throw you off, but yeah, Cameron Smith well, from Australia the, now lives in I was just thinking of the authoritarian lockdown rules oh, well, of yeah, Australia, no, which probably precluded that. But you either have to have a home here or you're flying a ton of miles. So the fact that you have an eight-event schedule, guaranteed purses, no-cut events, yeah, I think a lot of the international players would be incredibly attractive for them to to participate in those events as opposed to doing the travel and the staying away from home that you would have to do um, compared to if you were a domestic player. But the second part of that question, which I think was really astute, is is Lahiri a big enough draw to to kind of get the eyeballs on your sport that you want to do? And and unfortunately, it's probably not. I mean, there's a lot of eyeballs coming out of India, but I'm not sure how many a golfers billion they people have. living in India. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's. I always laugh. They all they're, all, they're watching cricket, right? Yeah. He's sponsored by Hero. Had the Hero garb on. Right, yeah. Do you know what Hero is? I ask this to people all the time. Nobody ever knows. I always think of the Hero World Challenge. Yeah, the they're, they're sponsor of that as well. And I still couldn't tell you what Hero does, though. No, The largest motorcycle manufacturer in the world. Hey, all right. There you go. There you go. Ollie always bringing it back to uh, motorsports. Well, <laughs> there's still still plenty to unpack here. Uh, we, have, we haven't even touched on the on the Valspar. We got... Um, well, first off, did you see the conflict on 16 between Berger, Damon, and your boy Victor Hovland? I didn't see it live. Where's my Victor Hovland sound? Oh, yeah. Uh, Come on. Me, here we go. Here, I got you. There you go. Uh, yeah, Victor must have gotten very upset. Uh, or, or I'm just trying to, to to play the drops. But yeah, v- Victor didn't like. Should we get into this? Should we tease it for the next segment? A little bit of controversy at the players uh, last week as things were were uh, winding down. We'll get into that. Uh, we got to talk about the PGA Tour this week and looking forward because we're really not too far away, Ollie. Maybe we'll talk about who we like in uh, just a couple of weeks because. Folks, we're dangerously close to the Masters. You're on the Golf Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Welcome back to the Golf Show, your Sunday morning tea time with Brian Katrick and Ali Dean. This is Atlanta's Golf Station, the fan. Brian Katrick is out on assignment. I'm Derek Thomas here, filling in for BK. Alongside Mr. Ali Dean. Now, Ollie, how much of this uh, Valspar Championship have you been able to what well, actually let me tease that. Let's tease that. We gotta get to the Valspar. That's our that's our current PGA event. I'm getting way ahead of myself. We already teased well, the already, controversy last I've already week. Asked you, yes, did you see the controversy on the sixteenth hole? Did, I did not see it live. Mm. However, I was uh, fairly caught up. But tell us what happened. All right, long story short, Daniel Berger on sixteen. Everyone knows or most listeners know water all the way down the right side. So he hits his shot. It starts right of his target, fades off, goes into the water. He walks up to about, I guess, 40 yards, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Short of the green, about to drop and, uh, you know, hit his next shot, where Victor Hovland and Joel Damon were having none of it. They felt that that ball crossed the margin of the hazard well, well, 100 yards behind where Daniel Berger was putting it. Victor yelled, Oh, no, I don't know. I don't live. Exactly. Translated mean, hey, what are you doing? I didn't Get back to where it crossed. <laughs> so Daniel, so th- Daniel Berger was adamant that it crossed much farther up. 
Joel Damon and Victor Hovland were equally adamant that it didn't, so they call a rules official out. The rules official says, well, we don't have it on TV, which is kind of funny because the PGA Tour won an award because every shot at the players was captured by television, but apparently they had a bad angle. Uh, but the rules official just deferred. He's like, you guys work it out. And, and it took a while for them to work it out. So I they, don't want to get involved. Yeah. Y'all figure it out. Yeah, literally, your hands in the air. Hey, don't look at me. You guys work it out amongst yourselves. Um, so they finally did. And then the funniest comment was Daniel's about to take his drop. And they kind of split the difference between where Daniel Berger felt his ball crossed and where his two playing partners felt the ball crossed. And the rules official who had gotten out of it, suddenly decided to get back in and said, are you comfortable with this, Daniel? And and it was like, no, it's a bad drop. It should be up there. So um, it was an interesting dialogue, and I think it's an interesting insight to the world of golf because there are no real referees. At the end of the day, the player's responsible. The group's responsible to protect the field, and I thought everybody did a good job in doing that. Uh, It seems like there's no residual hard feelings, so hopefully everybody had a beer at the end of the day and moved on. I certainly hope so. Yeah, we had some treacherous conditions last week at the Players' Championship, at least for uh, what was an extended first and second round. Uh, a lot of win, et cetera. The, the conditions have been a little bit better this week out of the Valspar. We've seen a number of records broken, inter- including the 36-hole lead, 36-hole score, I should say, and the scoring through 54 holes. I think with, I think four of the best rounds ever shot at this venue were recorded this week. Yeah, you look at the top two on the leaderboard. Uh, Davis Riley, recent graduate of the University of Alabama's golf program, shot 62 yesterday. 62! No bogeys! And Matthew Naismith yesterday was the leader, shot 61. So the guys are going deep. The answer to your question is I haven't watched a lot of this because it's March Madness and I decided to watch college basketball. We got other stuff going on and yeah, NFL, Major League Baseball. But Justin Thomas firing three straight 66s uh, we saw him last week at the players. You like him for a master's pick. I don't blow, don't blow it, Ollie. I gotta save that. But he's he's among uh, he's among my favorites. It just feels like he's destined to win the Masters at some point, and that's really not fair to say because nobody is preordained to win uh, arguably the most prestigious golf tournament on the planet. But it just feels like he's going to win it one day. And we saw it last week. If he's, I think he got the wrong, you know, he was on the wrong, uh, the wrong part of the field. He got the wrong draw last week going off, uh, going off early and then late, right? Uh, or excuse me, late and then early. And if he's not on the right, if he's on the right side last week, he wins the players championship. I think he played the best of all the players. And he's three off the pace uh, right now at the Valspar. Just seems like, uh, Justin is rounding into form at perhaps the, the right time. So you're saying you think he's going to win the Masters? That's not what I said, but I yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. Yes. Justin Thomas will win the Masters uh, unless John Rahm or Colin Morikawa did. Well, who's going to win the GSJ Mixed Team Championship that's completing today down at Sea Island? Do you, do you have a guess for that? Uh, I'll take your word for it. I like Aubrey and Michael Borton. They're leading oh. right now down at Sea Island right. after uh, the first round. So uh, good luck to them and all of the competitors competing in the mixed team championship for the GSGA down in uh, Sea Island. Well, there you go. Ollie, I have to ask you if you're going to put me on the spot. What are you looking forward to for the Masters? Uh, I'm looking forward to see if Tiger plays. Um, Brian Katrick broke the news here that he was going to play. Teasing that. I don't think he is, uh, but I think he may play. 
I, I, no, I've never changed. Brian's been the one that said he's definitely playing. It's just a tough walk. I've said this over and over again. It is a tough walk, and uh, I think he'll, I think he'll play in the Par Three Championship. But I don't know if he's playing in the in the big tournament. Is Bryson going to play in the match play next week? No. And why did he enter? I don't know. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I hope so. Is he just teasing? Like, yeah, guys, I'm still here. I'm still here at the PGA. We'll figure it out. We got. We, there's still so much for us to unravel here about the Super Golf League, the LIV. We got the Super Duper LIV Golf League. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Masters coming up. Keep it locked. Enjoy the rest of the day here on the Fan. We appreciate you enjoying the golf show. We'll talk to you next week on the Fan, six eighty and ninety three seven FM. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.